On today's show, the Bulls get right against the Bucks. The Chicago's overtime wins say more about them or the supposed contender. Plus, the Warriors bounce back, the Heat storm back, and we have some suggestions to improve the in-season tournament. All of that and more on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. Wes Goldberg here with Adam Matas. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Adam, we are recording this after midnight, at least my time, Eastern time. It was a fun night of Thursday hoops. We're going to get to as many of these games as we can, but we're going to start in Chicago. Uh, the Bulls win a fun one, beating uh, the Bucks in overtime. Alex Caruso making a game-tying three-pointer to send the game into overtime. No Zach Levine, no DeMar DeRozan for the Bulls, but Nikola Vucevic steps up, scores 29 points. Uh, what was your takeaway from this one? My takeaway was this game was awesome. I mean, this is one of those games, like a, a regular season game, a bad team in the Chicago Bulls playing at home in front of a fan base that desperately wants to feel good about something. They don't get to feel good about many things. Uh, Zach Levine's out. DeMar DeRozan's out. You kind of punt on it. You're going up against the Bucks with Giannis. And yet you get this heroic performance, um, and it was filled with chaos. The fourth quarter of this game was like <laughs> some of the best possessions were absolute chaos that ended with spectacular plays. But my favorite one of all of them, uh, you had Kobe White. The team for 22 seconds dribbles aimlessly around in the fourth quarter with like two minutes to go. Aimlessly around, can't figure anything out. Kobe White just steps back behind the three-point line is like, screw it. He heaves a three-pointer <laughs> and it goes in. This game was a bunch of those, including Alex Caruso's game tire to send it into overtime was also a prayer. Um, it was an incredible game, and it was one of those games that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things to to, to the Bulls this season. But to those fans in that arena, it felt like they won the title because you could tell how bad they wanted this stupid game. Um, Alex Caruso, with Levine and DeRozan out, he's like, hey, I get it. I need to be the man now. And so he came out there and started firing. He took nine shots. That is so many for Alex Caruso <laughs> in this game. But I love the seven turnovers. The, the seven, hey, we don't need to talk about that. It's um, He's going to be traded for two first-round picks in February or something. Oh. So, uh, But he had that falling away three-pointer coming off the screen. Reminded me of the Devin Booker one, except his was above the break. And Devin Booker's was in the corner of Madison Square Garden. But it was just like, okay, Alex Caruso, like live king, do your thing. Like make, yeah. do your best Devin Booker impression. Um, the fact that this game... It was a weird one. Like Chicago was up by 12 early in the fourth and then Milwaukee comes back and then they kind of screw the pooch. And then Chicago comes back, hits the game time three. They win in overtime. Vucevic, it's like 29 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. That's a great night for Vucevic. Yeah. Does this say anything to you or, or mm. am I, are we grasping for straws here that without Levine and without DeRozan that they were able to get a win over, over the Bucks who yeah. like, this is a bad loss for, for the Bucks. Well, it doesn't say the obvious thing. It doesn't say that, oh, this team is better without you know those players or those players are holding them back. But I do think it says something, and it probably says that this is a team that's in purgatory. And they were probably in purgatory over the summer and didn't address it. They came in thinking, okay, we'll just have a regular season. But on a night when you remove the two players most likely to be traded or who lose the star mm -hmm. players that you know that everybody's talking about getting traded, when you remove those, it's almost like, all right, nothing to lose, no distraction. 
Right. Let's just go out there and play a, a game and play with energy and try to have fun. And that's what it felt like. So to, for me, that's all I think. Um, but if they were, say, tonight to trade DeRozan and Levine, I don't think we would get another <laughs> performance like this all year from the group that was out there. They probably know that. But they're also like, OK, we beat the Bucks now. Like the Bulls oh. will always once it feels like they're on the brink of the absolute collapse, the very bottom where they're like, OK, we got to push the big red button and blow this thing up. Yeah. They, they'll win a game like this. Right. This is this is so bullsy. Like they'll just be like, oh, proof of concept. Like we actually have enough. Look at our depth. Like if we could just get the bench to step up like this with Levine and DeRozan here, maybe we can actually cobble something together. And the answer is no. Uh, we've seen how this goes uh, before. On the um, other side of things real quick with Milwaukee, I, I'll just say this. Um, you know, they're, they've had an unimpressive 13 and six start. And I know how ridiculous that sounds because you have a new coach and a new player. Of course, there was going to be some bumps along the way, but they just – there's too much about them that I question. And I'll tell you the number one thing because, okay, Giannis, Dame, Lopez, Middleton, that's a good, you know, we know that that group was not a together. good, wasn't a good Middleton game, but yeah. Wasn't a good Middleton game, but I'm just saying as a core, no, no, like you can buy sure. that. But Malik Beasley being the fifth guy there. And I think eventually they probably hope it's, you know, somebody else, Bochamp or something, or maybe they try to make a trade. Bochamp's but- been good. He has been good. But the, the idea that they need this floor spacer and it's Malik Beasley, I, he would be um, of all the teams that consider themselves contenders. He would feel the most out of place to me mm. as a starter on one he, of those teams. He is probably the weakest starter of all the quote unquote contenders right now. Right. I mean, when, when everybody's it, but probably certainly at yeah, Boston and Denver head. and yeah, like, can, like you know, Phoenix, Phoenix probably has a, an equivalent like a Kogi or, you know, like they, they have an equivalent to a, a Malik Beasley. That's fair. Um, let's move on. Let's go to San Francisco. The Warriors beat the Clippers 120 to 114. They led by as many as 18, and they almost they tried a little bit to give this one away, but it was not a repeat of the Sacramento Kings fiasco. Uh, they end up pulling away, get the win pretty handedly. Steph Curry leads the team with 26 points. Clay, a good game for him, 22 points. No Andrew Wiggins, who smashed his finger in a car door. First time I've seen that yeah. one on an injury yeah. report. Adam, yeah, uh, yeah it's strange. For the Clippers, Kawhi, 23 points. Harden had 18.7 assists, but the Warriors got their uh, biggest contributions from the bench. Big games for Dario Saric, Jonathan Kaminga, Brandon Podzimski. Um, was this a step in the right direction for the Warriors, Adam? Uh, only if that direction is playing against the Clippers, who are perpetually stepping in the wrong direction. So I don't know. I mean, to me, this was more of a mid-off. Like, look, the Warriors have has shown signs of looking like themselves for, for little spurts here. But in addition to not having Wiggins, you know, this is on the heels of the Gary Payton news, which he might be back in a week now or reevaluated in a week, but he's a big piece for them. Like to me, when I saw that news, part of me goes, man, how is golden state going to survive? Now, originally it was indefinitely. He thought he might be out for a while. Maybe that's not the case, but the fact that Gary Payton, the second is a guy that could go down and you say, Oh my God, how do they survive it? I don't know. So tonight, you know, they beat up on a, a team who is sort of their equal in the Clippers, a team that hasn't necessarily inspired confidence throughout the year, and they beat them by six points at home. So, and the Clippers I, I, I'm won not a impressed. night of a back to back as well. That's and, right. So, That's right. you know, it was. I'm, I'm with you. Um, the Warriors needed a win. This yeah. sort of like it, 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 it doesn't. You know, the levy isn't broken yet, but um, yeah, I don't know that I feel any much any better about the Warriors. I still have all the same concerns that I had. Yeah. One, uh, one, 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 thing, one thing I'm curious what you think, though, Kawhi Leonard, to me, you know, he's the best player on that team. I think we, if you just pulled everyone, who's the best player on the Clippers, you'd say Kawhi. He, he, it, 
because I think he is. Yeah. But he hasn't looked like that necessarily this year. And and it's not that he doesn't look like a great player, although tonight he struggled a little bit. He just doesn't seem like he wants this to be his team, <laughs> as weird as that sounds. And that's the weirdest yeah. part of this whole dynamic is he seems to be taking, I don't want to say a backseat, but certainly not a front seat. He does sort of like the Jimmy Butler thing where it's like, I got 23 points. I can average that for the regular season. But then the playoffs, I'm going to go off. The difference yeah. between Kawhi and Jimmy Butler is that Kawhi gets hurt in the playoffs every year. And that's the problem <laughs> yeah. um, is he can only really do it for one and a half series usually. Uh, so I don't know. The Clippers, I do. I've been watching them a lot lately. I think they're starting to come together a little bit. Like it's still very your turn, my turn, but it's less your turn, my turn, like isolation heavy. It's okay. We're going to post up Kawhi. We're going to play out of, we're going to play out of the post with Kawhi for two straight possessions. And then we'll get James Harden involved in a pick and roll with Zubach. And then we're going to go back to Kawhi in the post. Like, it, but at least it's like incorporating real sets and yeah. people moving and teammates and like Terrence Mann getting catch and shoot attempts and stuff like that. So it's better than like the isolation heavy stuff. So I haven't given up on the Clippers, although I've not ever really been in on the Clippers. I still don't think that they're a real contender. We did our contenders draft last week and we didn't even talk about the Clippers. Like we literally didn't even mention them. They didn't even come up in the entire show. Uh, but I feel better about what they are now than versus when they first made the Harden deal. Whatever that's worth. I don't know. Playoff team. You're right. You made you made a good point. It was a you know at the, at the moment. What let me see here. At the moment, they have a twenty percent chance at a top four pick. They owe it to Oklahoma City, but he <laughs> said winning a championship. Their odds significantly higher of getting a top four pick at the moment. Wow, that's rough. That, that they can hand over to the Oklahoma City <laughs> Thunder. Here's Shea and a top four pick. Thanks. Um, let's move on. Are the Heat actually a fast-paced team? We talk about a shootout in Miami next. Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. It's money line guys it's just picking the winner it's that easy and you get 150 bucks back in bonus bets if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action than right now the app is so easy to use there's a wide range of betting options including spreads player pops over-unders and more so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season FanDuel official partner of the NFL Thanks again for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Got a bunch more games to get to here, Adam. And we're going to hit like rapid fire, go through a bunch of these fun ones from Thursday night here in a second. Uh, but I want to go to Miami. Okay. Well, I'm already in Miami. <laughs> the Heat won a shootout, storming back to beat the Pacers 142 to 132 after trailing by more than thir- uh, uh, by trailing by 13 points early in the game. They trailed for more than three quarters for the whole game. Jimmy Butler scores 36. Tyrese Halliburton with a career high 44. This was a fun one, Adam. Uh, I was at this game. I have my own takeaways. The Heat get the lead early in the fourth quarter, and they do not look back after that. Uh, but what was the funnest part for you? 
Well, all year, you know, because I know you cover the Heat, and all year I've been surprised at how much you don't like Jaime Jaquez. And I was like, I guess I'm going to make him my guy. If you're, you don't like him. He's my guy. Then I'll take wow. him. And then tonight, what do you know? This guy takes over in the fourth quarter. Best player on the court for like a five-minute stretch or so. Um, the dude had, was balling. I just love his game. After the game, I know Coach Spo was raving about him and just how mature he is and the pace that he plays with and how he approaches the game. And you could see it, man. This guy does not – carry himself like a rookie i know that's overused a lot but the way he moves and the way yeah. he just like he's not timid he's not looking around like okay don't screw up he's just like oh we're playing basketball here's what i do i love this dude um he's my guy i think he could be our guy i could be, i think he's gonna be the locked on nba guy okay <laughs> there you it go it was herb jones last year yeah all right locked on nba him. fridays and i think we could share him i just did a whole 35 minute episode about Jaime Hakez on the Lockdown Heat feed. I'm gonna go listen him. to it, man. I love this dude. <laughs> it was he uh you mentioned like you hear us all the time, like he doesn't play like a rookie and stuff. So in training camp, the Heat had training camp and we're we're there and, and covering it, and you could just hear like, oh, he doesn't play like a rookie. You know, he's a vet, he plays like a vet. And I just like you as a report, you just roll your eyes. You're like, Yeah, I've heard that before. It's a cliche. Um, and then you watch him play and you're like, Oh, oh, this is what yeah. they meant. I get it. He missed a three-pointer early in this game, and to your point, like the way he moves, the way he responds to things, like a lot of rookies would just like take that three-pointer and be like, ah, oh, I missed that one. It was open. That's on me. Like he just takes the shot, doesn't even care if it goes in. He's like, that was the right shot in the in the th in the flow of the offense. Just got right back and played defense, and I loved it. You mentioned how he was the best player on the court for a portion. The first four minutes of the fourth quarter, he scored ten points in the yeah. first four minutes of that quarter against the Pacers. He had the bucket that got the Heat the lead <laughs> for the first time in the game, and they did not trail after that. Yeah. Uh, the Heat flipped. This was such an interesting game because I thought like this was a, a not just a clashing of two good teams in the East, but a clashing of styles. Right. You have literally the fastest yeah. paced team in the league with Indiana and then a team with Miami, who I think was like fourth slowest going into this game. Yeah. And I was kind of like, whichever style kind of takes hold in the first few minutes is probably going to be the team that wins. And Miami figured out a way to play the Pacers style. They played at a fast pace. It was a season high, 142 points for Miami in this one. And they did it in large part because in the second half, Jimmy Butler, 16 points in the third quarter, kind of flipped the game for them. Uh, played basically wide receiver. You know, he was like, again, Miami sports, Tyreek Hill for the heat at the end of this game where he was just flying down the court, getting deep seal position in the post. And then just be like, okay, the Pacers aren't stopping me going up and then getting fouled. And he went to the line 10 times in the third quarter. And that really set the tone for the Heat, I thought, in the second half. And then Jimmy Butler comes out after making this comeback, erasing most of that lead. And then Jaime Hakez is like, I got this baton, man. Let me run with it. And he just did the same stuff. Like, he was literally yeah. doing a Jimmy Butler impression <laughs> yeah. at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Like, who does this? It was Nobody. wild. And he's got, like, this, like, cool in-between game where he's got, like, yeah. the footwork and all this stuff. Like, 22-year-olds aren't supposed to care about mid-range. They're not supposed to care about footwork. They're not supposed to care about the nuances of this game. That stuff's dead. It's all about three-pointers. It's all about running the floor, fast pace, Adam. That's what we're all about now. Not Jaime. That's an old soul there, and I love it. But he plays – he can play fast, though, too. Apparently. This is the thing is, yeah, he can get up <laughs> and down and do different things. I think the, the my only other note from this game is that the, the he had 45 free throws. And, you know, the Pacers, they're not going to be a good defense. It's not their their bread and butter. But you can be disciplined in the things that can beat you, and fouling is one of them. And to put Jimmy Butler on the line twenty yeah. times to, you know, to put the the, the team on, on the line forty five times, and tip your hat to the Miami Heat, 
38 of 45, that's good for 84.5% as a team. That's really good on an insane volume of free throw attempts um, that they earned. The Pacers just have to be dis- more disciplined there. It was the free throws from Miami, and the Pacers go four for 27 from three-point range in the second half. They were too reliant on the three-point shot when it wasn't yeah. going, and Miami has the other options, right? Like, they can get to the paint, they can get to the foul line, like you mentioned. The Pacers, to talk about them briefly before we move on, there's so much fun to watch. Top five league pass team, easy. Tyrese Halliburton, number one. Like, yeah, they might. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're number one because not only are they fun, they turn the other team fun. Exactly. This is the point. They are an elite <laughs> offense. Their biggest problem is they turn every other team they face into an elite <laughs> offense. Yeah. Miami coming into this game, an offensive rating of 112.7. How they did tonight. possessions? Awful tonight. 135.2. That's bananas. <laughs> That's bananas. It's insane. I never in my life thought a Jimmy Butler team would score 142 points in a game. At lo and behold, the Pacers are like, here you go. All right. We didn't we didn't mention 44 for Tyrese Halliburton, by the way. 44. I mentioned it briefly. Oh, okay. Career high, career high for him 44. He's awesome. I, he I awesome. love that guy. Um, all right, rapid fire time. We're gonna go around the league uh to some of the other fun games from Thursday night. Let's start yeah. with the Hornets beating the Nets 129 to 128. Terry Rozier. 37 points for him and 13 assists. Cam Thomas, who can't score fewer than 20 points whenever he's on the court. Impossible. He had 26 points for Brooklyn. The Hornets, they shot 58% from three, which was a big swing factor in this one. What was your takeaway? This was a fun game um, because you had um, you had Williams going up against uh, Claxton. It was Mark Williams and, and Claxton. It, they were kind of similar, like they're lanky, skinny guys, roll to the rim, athletic, long. This it almost felt like um, the Spider-Man meme game. The two teams kind of, you know, playing against each other. And then you even have Cam Thomas and Terry Rozier. Some similarities there, but no, scary Terry man. He went off to, uh, in the clutch of this game. He yeah, was no Lamelo in this one. No Lamelo. Um, no and, and and he took over that role, man. He played a really dynamic down the stretch. Uh, good win for them. Uh, not. A great night for Cleveland. Major letdown following a solid win uh, the other night. Their worst loss this season, 103-95 to to the mighty Trailblazers, Adam. They pulled off their second road win this week. Uh, your thoughts on this one? My thoughts are this is a really bad loss, man. You're at home. Yeah. And it wasn't you – know, I, I, I wasn't impressed with Portland. And I don't mean that to be disparaging, but this wasn't one of those games where it's like, you know, you tip your hat to them. They just made some – like the <laughs> Chicago Bulls. The Chicago right. Bulls just like, they felt like a team of destiny tonight in some weird way. <laughs> Chicago Bulls, a team of destiny. Yeah, a team of destiny for one night, for one night. The Portland Trailblazers did not feel like the team of destiny. Cleveland just didn't get it done. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm unimpressed with them. They sit at 10 and 9, and this was a team we expected, you know, elite yeah. from Mobley. Well, that hasn't happened. Donovan Mitchell, what's the story with him? He goes 7 of 20 tonight. I don't think he was very good tonight. So the team that should have been a contender, right? They had such a great yeah. regular season last year, then the flame out and the Knicks. And it feels like they haven't ever gotten over that playoff loss to New York and they've backtracked. They got booed today in their own arena. And so, uh, and I don't blame Cavs fans for it because expectations were so high and, and they've not even come close. And this isn't even like, a well, you know, the eye test is something where I feel like the record will, will flip at some point. Like, no, the eye test doesn't look great either. Like they feel like 10 and nine. That's what they, yeah, feel that's like. exactly. Yeah. The eye test and the record, you know, it is what it is. Um, final thing here with their loss to the Knicks on Thursday, the Pistons become the first team in eight years Ugh. to go winless for a full month of the season. Not just that, Adam, they've also now lost 16 straight. Um, 
I would ask you if it was time to blow up the Pistons because that's what we do. But they've already blown it up. Like they're already blowing up. They're still just rebuilding. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? So from it's like here? there's nothing. Yeah. So it's like they're just really young. Uh, they stink right now, but there's talent there. And I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a Pistons fan, so I'm not freaking out. But it just 16, 16 losses in a row is a lot. They know. were, they were a team that was going to rebuild and try to get another top pick. So this was, it's not wholly unexpected. It's all but- going to plan. But well, no, because you didn't expect to be this bad. You could have been six wins better and still been in the plan going according, you know, to what you wanted. But of all those numbers you threw out, the one that's most jarring to me, they've only won four of their last hundred games. <laughs> they are four and ninety-six. I think somebody put I think I saw that on the timeline. So is that not that's right? True. Okay. That's crazy. I don't maybe that's I don't think that is that true. That sounds actually. like it can't be true. That <laughs> can't be true. But it honestly, <laughs> it might as well be true. It like, sounds like it's, it's true. They have two it, wins. What the fact that about? I was like, not. wow, at first is they were 17, yeah, last year. So between last year and this year, not even 20 wins. You're looking at that is like 20 and 80, though, between the two. That's rough, man. That's that's rough. That's losing 80% of your games, if my math is right on that. I'll give you one note, though, on this team, though. I've always liked Isaiah Stewart, a.k.a. Beef Stew. Yeah. I don't know what they've done to him. Do we they need have to turned do him a, into start, like a, uh, a hashtag free beef stew? <laughs> free beef stew. <laughs> they've turned him into this three-point shooter. He's doing pretty well. I haven't seen the numbers recently, but I know he was hovering in a surprising like 40% for a while there. But this is a guy that the reason I loved him is he was tough. He was physical. You know, yeah. he played that that elbowy game, and they've got him out here shooting jumpers and stuff now that went away. Where I'm like, I, I know they need the spacing, but him of all guys to be and the Boyan guy Bogdanovich is going to come back possibly yeah. this weekend. Um, reports today about that. He's not sa- he's a good player. He is not saving the Pistons. He is not turning them from road games twenty of their last hundred games to whatever. So, um, free beef stew, free Boyan, free Monty Morris. Like, just get him out of there, too. He should be on a winning team. Um, he hasn't played yet because he's hurt, too, but whatever. Um, all right. The in-season tournament was a success, I think. What yeah. was it? 18 and 82 in their last 100 games. That's the, that's the real stat. Um, let's talk that's, about the in-season. I'm right. so done. I'm, ta- I'm done talking about Detroit. The in-season tournament. We already have some improvements that we'd like to suggest. That's coming up next here on Locked on NBA. Today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. My favorite part of Game Time, it's the views from your seat at the venue, especially if you're in an out of, out of town coming in from a concert or a sporting event or something, you don't know those arenas or those stadiums. You want the views to know from your seat to know that you're getting the best possible seats for you. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an after uh, even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and more. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem the code locked on NBA for $20 off. Download the game time 
app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks again for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. It's Friday, which means it's time to count down to the weekend. What do you have for us today, Adam? Well, you know, the in-season tournament, Wes, was a big hit. Lots of people very into it. But was it perfect? No. There were some hiccups along the way. But we're all about perfection here. We are, man. The show, we try to be make it perfect. So I have come up with a couple suggested improvements for it for next year. Let's do it. Number five... And maybe I'm just getting old, Wes. The courts, I don't mind the intention. I don't even mind that they did them this year to make a splash, right? It's the introduction mm-hmm. of something. We wanted to, to catch everyone's attention. They did that. It became Mission a conversation point. But next year, you don't need to do that. Scale it back a little. I would say if a regular court is a one and the courts this year are a 10, let's go to like a three. Let's go to like <laughs> a three, maybe a four. I'll give you a four. Yeah. Um, Maybe a big trophy, maybe one I, color look, streak somewhere. The, the big trophy in the middle, that does it for me. Oh, that's a giant trophy thing yeah. in the middle of the court. That, to me, works. You also have the broadcast that could do any number of things on the broadcast itself, right? It doesn't have to actually be on the court kind yeah. of disrupting the game. Um, and so, I yeah, look, mission accomplished. Everybody was start talking about the courts. It went viral. Congrats. Uh, but yeah, let's scale it back for next when year. You, when you think of it, it reminds me almost of the COVID year, like when stadiums, there was nobody in the stadiums, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you ever see highlights from those games, you're like, oh yeah, that was that brief moment in time when right. this day was happening. That's what these courts feel like. They just feel like something wrong. They make me feel like something happened that's and I'm bad. Not, I'm not anti like bright colors, uh, but no. I am like anti, I can't see the ball or what's happening. Like the big oh, we're old. We're and so the oranges. Washed. We're like, so washed, these complaints. <laughs> and they have the music so loud. And you know what? It's, it's just, what are they doing? The, what's with the t-shirt cannon? I don't get it. Yeah, um, it's um, uh they yeah, there there's a fix. Maybe it's just the stripe down the middle, maybe it's just yeah. like something that should be uniform. Yeah, but okay. you know. Yeah. More subtle for sure. What what if it was with a different ball? What if they played with the ABA ball? That, would that then we're like, why are they playing with that ball? Oh, it's a tournament game. That's why they've got the ABA ball. Maybe something like that. Um, number four. We know it's in Las Vegas. Oh boy. But you know what else is in Las Vegas, Wes? I do. It's having itself a moment. The sphere. <laughs> the tournament should be inside the sphere. Go it all out. It should be in the sphere. Everything should be in the sphere. Everything should also be in the sphere. That's how you make the tournament games stand out. They're all in the sphere. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, you make the sphere look like a basketball. Like, yes. bada bing, bada boom. I'm telling you, who would not tune into that? We want to talk about ratings, Bonanza. The game inside the sphere would be the most watched basketball game of all time. So I've never been to the sphere. I've never been in it. I'm imagining. I would I would assume that there's enough space for a basketball court in it. Didn't do my research on that. I don't so know. Does not matter. Um, <laughs> it's just we're 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 idea men here. That's what we're about. Um, Build a bigger sphere every time. Space. Every time one team took the possession, you just made the sphere look like their home city. Ooh. So if it's like. Yeah, it yeah. was like Miami versus Denver, for instance. Like every yeah. time Miami had the ball, it would just be like beaches and like yeah. beautiful palm trees and all that. And every time Denver had possession, it's like mountains and Denver and all that stuff. Like Love it would it. be really cool. Man, we got to get a hold of Adam Silver here. Um, number three change. New name. 
I hate typing in season turn in dash season tournament. I hate it. And then when people refer to it as the NBA Cup, that doesn't that something doesn't sound right. We got uh, the IST was a thing for a while, and it took yeah. me two days. It, it took me like a while to figure out what people were talking about. They're like, "Oh, the IST," and I was like, "What? The what?" That's the Istanbul Airport, I believe. It's IST. <laughs> Very. That's what I think. Maybe of. that's it's what like, they were referring to. Yeah, maybe, the NBA yeah, Istanbul maybe Airport. Confused. You're like, which one are they referencing? You can't. You got to yeah. see the context. Um, no, it needs a name and it needs a snappy name. I know that I know what's going to happen. Everybody, everybody sees what's going to happen. It's going to be the Taco Bell tournament or something. It's going to be. They're leaving it blank for a sponsor to swoop right. in and make this, you know, whatever. But I would just much rather it have an actual name, the Bill Russell Cup or the Bill Russell Tourney or something like that. But in season, in dash season tournament, ugh, that's disgusting. No more dashes. I'm with you. Let's go. Um, number two, the wild card should go to the top overall record. So one of the things that happened mm. on this last day was that we're following the point differentials and know who's getting it in in this scenario. And you get a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves who go three and one in their pool. They have the top record, but because they were in a death pool, you know, what do you call it? Group of death, group of death. you know, their SOL for losing one little game by just a barely. Meanwhile, you get the Lakers and the Suns who they were always going to make this. They had to go up against the Utah Jazz the Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers, they beat both of those teams, beat all three of those teams by 30 points every game in SmackDown. So this point differential thing, I have a feeling it's going to happen every year where there's going to be one group of death, one pretty hard group, and one group of a bunch of cupcakes. And then that those two teams are going to be the one that win the wild card. Instead, reward the team with the best overall record at that point and make them the wild card. I agree that the 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 tiebreaker needs to be fixed. The point differential thing isn't great, and the groups need some working on, right? Also, yeah. like it, it's impossible to keep track of your group. Like it's only for this in season tournament, and that's it. Um, but I actually like. What if we just don't have a wild card? And what if we just had like the winner of each group, and you just had more groups? If you um, wanted those four teams, like you just have four groups, and be like, all right, enough. Then then just whoever wins the group wins the group, and then you move on. And you don't have to deal necessarily with the tiebreakers, or maybe you have to still deal with tiebreakers within the group. But I feel it like no matter what, there's going to be tiebreakers. We're talking about such tiny groups that there's almost yeah. certainly going to be some kind of, you know, splitting the hairs here. I, I don't. I like the idea of eight teams advancing. You know, I, I don't mind it, and that allows for three rounds, so it's kind of perfect. But um, it just feels weird the teams that got to advance and some of the teams that didn't, because you're like, well, why is that impressive? You know, the Phoenix Suns, like what they because they beat the Memphis Grizzlies that didn't have any of their players playing by 40 points. So they advanced. I like that. It's going to be different than maybe even the playoff teams. Like I like that the Pacers are in this, right? Like it'll be really interesting because if, if it was a seven game series, the Pacers would have no shot against probably any of these teams, but this is like more March madnessy where it's Pacers play such a wildly different style than everybody else. Like there's a chance that they just take all these teams kind of by surprise, Milwaukee, Boston, whoever it is that they have to end up playing. And they just sort of win and just kind of run away, literally almost, to the the championship in the sphere. You know, yeah. like it's <laughs> like, that's right. That's it. Yeah. yeah. But in a playoff series, they'd have absolutely no shot. So I kind of yeah. like that it's a little different, like that. The the other thing, and I will say, the point differential thing was not confusing to figure out, but it was confusing to follow because every yeah. game that would change so much. You're like, okay, so now this team needs that and this. So it was easy. I like I like the level of engagement that they accomplished. Yeah, right? 
Well, you were engaged, but it was a little too confusing. Like, well, I also don't need spreadsheets for it. Like, where's the, the yeah, yeah. you know? Well, here's the thing, Wes. Guys like you and me, we were engaged, and we were talking to other people that were engaged. But every time I would step outside of the basketball diehard sphere to just the yeah. casual fans, everybody would say, I have no idea what's going on. Like, <laughs> so I think that you had to invest to understand right. it. And most people, we have to remember, don't invest like that. Um, but, but it did lead to some other imbalances, which is, some teams finished their tournament play early and didn't right. know what their target number was. And other teams finished on the last day and knew, oh, we need to score X amount of points to advance. And that creates an unfair advantage as well, which is why all of the games should end at the same time on the last day. That means you have to have 15 games, tournament games, all at playing at the exact same time. So nobody has the advantage of knowing how many points they need to win by. Everybody just goes out and tries to win by as much as they can. But the league won't do that. Because who wants to forfeit all that television money when you have all the games happening at the same time? Well, don't worry, Wes. I have a solution. NBA Red Zone. That, <laughs> what are you selling television rights? That last day, you have a giant broadcast. We can get like uh, Kevin Garnett or somebody yeah. you know, on it. You know, he's somebody like a Manning energy, cast kind of thing. A little yeah. Manning cast. And all you're doing is tossing it to you know the key sequences in every game. Right. So you just sit there and watch all the best – Best play oh, and get that play. guy, get the guy that does like the elections with the khakis on CNN or whatever, and he can like break down like the point <laughs> the differentials in the yeah. charts. And he's like, "This is what <laughs> the, the, the Bucks need to score this many points to do this." Yeah. And you're like, "What's going on?" Whole thing, yeah. We're yeah, we're pulling in it. Iowa right now. Here's what it is. Yeah. It's a great idea. We're pulling in Iowa. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Every day, is make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and Odyssey and wherever it is that you get your podcast. The show's gonna be back on. Monday with the biggest stories from the NBA weekend until next Friday. You can find me over at Locked on Heat and Adam over on Locked on Nuggets. Have a great weekend.